moment we could be live. So just in case you wanted to swear, etc. Now is not the time. But yeah, so General, how you been? I'm sure quite busy. Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, appreciate you having me on. Lots to discuss. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, busy as always. And um, yeah, I won't talk too much shop, but I did have a meeting with uh, Marshall earlier on today. Yeah. And discuss some of the things uh, we've got into the marketing hub that we discussed. But I'll save yes. that for the podcast because yes, uh, I, that's your time to shine. Yeah. So we got apparently 12 watching right now on Odyssey. I don't know how much attention they're paying because they kind of carry over from the last one. YouTube says zero right now, but it'll quickly kick in. At least we're live on YouTube. So, hey, everyone, we are live. I'm going to fill the dead air for just a couple more seconds until we have more people join and then do the, the official thing. But yes, you are looking quite dapper, if I say so myself. I think the beard becomes you. Um, oh, thanks, man. Now, are those uh, AirPods or are they a knockoff? Uh, these are these were a present for my wife for Christmas. So yeah, they're Bluetooth uh, earphones that work with my Samsung phone. Oh, uh, but they're not Apple. Oh, no, no, I'm an Android user. Okay, so are they are they good? Do you like them? It's okay, but in terms of Bluetooth, when you connect to a laptop and it's connected to your phone device, mm -hmm. sometimes it can play up a little bit. So it's it's hit and miss, really. Um, I think it's trial and error, but so far, these ones are okay. Yeah, I'll need to get some of my own because these are my Bluetooth things, but they're big. And I plugged them in just in case because for some reason, when I connect the Bluetooth thing to the computer, some parts of it work, some don't. So... Marianne Leonard says thumbs up. I don't know who you are, Marianne, but thanks for watching. We're going to go like actual live live. Let's see. It's been a hectic day today for sure. But yeah, all right. Three on YouTube's enough. Um, let's just get the intro going and we'll go. <laughs> So, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Dash Podcast. Haven't seen you guys in a couple weeks since Arden was on before. Um, thanks for everyone who's watching on the um, the Digital Cash Rundown immediately before with Eleanor. That was a good time. Uh, if you weren't and you're just tuning for Dash, hey, it's fine. I don't judge too much. But uh, just so you know, super chat, cointr.ee slash the desert links. Leave a little chat, throw some Ds, and I will pop it up on the screen. For example, this was the... The last one from Belinor. They're asking if Belinor has a dash address, and yes, she does. Oh, we hooked her up with all that stuff. Oh, I didn't manage to. Well, that is something I will have to fix uh, at some point. Maybe I'll just just know that Mark's going to have his name in front of his mouth every time I open up that chat. So maybe I'll just not open it up so much. I'll just read off when I see it. But that's a different story. So I have with me the one and only Mark Mason, who, if you don't know, he is Stateashy on Twitter slash just about every good, awesome, and spicy tweet from the official Dash account that has happened. And yeah, basically, Dash Hustler extraordinaire. What would you say your actual title is at Dash? What would you, if people say like, who are you? What would you, how do you introduce yourself and explain it? Well, 
That's a great question. So I guess ultimately, if I was meeting someone on the street, I guess I'd introduce myself as a, a proposal owner, first and foremost, uh, investor and trust protector uh, of the Dash Irrevocable DAO. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess my job title, in a sense, would be that I run the official newsroom, press room for Dash. I do the PR. But to be honest, behind the scenes, I, I'm a bit of jack of all trades. I do business development. Um, I just try to help out wherever possible. Um, so I'm, I'm communicate and work in partnership with Dash Core Group and other Dash funded DAOs from the Dash um, Treasury. So it's it's always an eventful day, and no day is like any other day in Dash. So <laughs> every day is different, unique, and presents unique challenges. So it's never never dull in Dash. Yes, it definitely is um, never dull. Um, ooh. XKCD liked my last podcast, apparently. Uh, but anyway, I'm just sharing the, the link to make sure the Dash people know. Um, so do people have to tip you in order to ask questions, or can they just ask questions? Um, well. It's encouraged. A, that's a, a donation question. is always helpful. Well, yes, that's sorry. a complicated question because <laughs> um, you can't, in theory, ask questions anywhere. Any like, I mean, obviously don't ask in Discord or Reddit right now because I'm not watching those things, but any of the live chats on this, which by the way, I think we're on Facebook as well, which would be nice, but um, you can, but my willingness to answer said questions as I am the master of this podcast, this is not funded by the Dash Treasury. This is funded by me and me alone. <laughs> and so I get to control that stuff. So I will take much more kindly to people that either throw some Ds to ask a question or use the Odyssey hyper chat function and do a little tip, which... Um, Jiggy Tom from library just a few minutes ago tipped 100 credits, which is thanks very much, Tommy. Tommy, I bet no one calls you that. Anyway, um, yeah, so it's been a crazy life cycle for Dash as far as like since I've been involved and I'm sure plenty before. Um, why don't you just go off and start rambling about the new and exciting stuff you've been, you know, excited about lately? So, first off, the big announcement um, from the, of Legend is uh, some the cat has gotten out of the bag in some sorts of ways, but is that public information yet, or is it still, or or is the actual thing still under wraps? Just before I go, get someone in trouble here. Is this in you referring to Dash Direct, no. or you referring to something institutional? Yes. Okay, so I think you can mention the institutional partner in terms of the investment, but the product itself. Although Ryan did kind of let the cat out of the bag on a previous Dash AMA saying we no longer have a need for Grayscale. Yeah. Um, however, it has not, um, that announcement is not ready to, to be live. Uh, it hasn't been greenlighted by the partner. It is in the process. Yes. Um, it's so been annoyingly uh, longer than usual. I won't lie, um, but, it's, but it's moving ahead, which is a good thing. Well, let me just mention what everyone should know, or which is there's a new fund called uh, Valkyrie. And Valkyrie um, has some, again, you can fill in a lot of the, the basics that I'm sort of glossing over. But basically, Valkyrie is a new fund yet by veteran people, veteran uh, people in the finance world. And it's sort of like a grayscale competitor, right, to a certain extent, but like a young upstart type of thing. And where 
all this kind of like institutional money type stuff is just stuff I kind of like barely register on my radar. See, it's there. I understand it's important, but it's not my, my bag of tricks. But one thing that is interesting is the Dash Investment Foundation, which is the mechanism by which the Dash network can actually own equity and property. Basically, we're a seed round investor in Valkyrie. And since, the, how big was the seed round? Was it like 2 million or something? I can't remember exactly. <laughs> I, I believe so. Um, in terms of the diff invested, I don't know if they want that publicly yeah, noted. But I think it's it, but it was. Oh even... right, okay. It was a. It wasn't a, a massive amount in terms of like getting super excited. But I think are you going to refer to the the news this week? Because I think although CoinDesk reported, I think it was like ten million. I think overall it was like twelve million uh, in, to fourteen million that they raised in total. Yeah. So they just did a fundraise, and yeah, they after the seed round, right? They raised- Yeah, this was a series A funding. Yeah, series A, 10, 12, 14 million. I don't know where it's at now, but some big names. There was a, a I believe a major league baseball player in the US who threw some money behind it. And then of course, uh, crypto mainstays for better or for worse, uh, Charlie Lee, the Litecoin founder, and Justin Sun, the Tron founder, threw some money in. So they're, they're, the fate of their investments is the same as the fate of Dash except that dash got in at the the seed round and not the series a so dash got a better for a bigger bang for a lesser buck than than those guys but yeah. it just sort of shows that a lot of the same money trajectories that dash is kind of getting on board with those but at a crucial early stage do you, do you want to know how that came about it's an interesting story well i, I mean, think it's interesting Valkyrie or the, the or the, uh, the other people uh, 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 Valkyrie. Mm -hmm. So the diff is into its third year now. And um, during its first year, um, Demelza Hayes mm -hmm. was working as the investment advisor. And in the second year, um, Demelza took a, a second job. But while she was there, she realized from the institutional level that um, Dash didn't really have any resources, information, connections, didn't really know what hedge funds or funds were invested in Dash. And in terms of actually having a vehicle to invest in Dash, on behalf of the DIF, she started to research and investigate um, financial products for Dash for institutional investors because we didn't have a vehicle at that point in time. So in that point of time, there was a lot of not ETFs of Bitcoin, because that's still something that's being pursued to this day, which has been an ongoing yearly thing with backed and everyone else. I don't need to explain that to our audience, but it, the perfect vehicle was uh, ETN. And there are a number of providers that provide ETNs. So Demelza did a lot of research, speaking to a lot of people, uh, coin shares, all sorts, finding, um, you know, exploring what was possible with Dash, interest, et cetera, et cetera. And upon her research, um, she got in contact with a, a guy called Stephen. And uh, as you rightly say, the people behind Valkyrie are veterans, uh, particularly Stephen, who used to work for uh, Galaxy Digital. In fact, he used to actually create <laughs> um, the the instruments for them. And he had to sign like a non-competition clause for a year, uh, which was why he kind of had to wait to set up um, uh, eventually Valkyrie. So uh, my point being is, um, when Demelza actually left, she was actually looking for a replacement for an investment advisor <laughs> to take her place at the diff with someone actually had like institutional yeah. knowledge, connections, everything else. So Stephen was that connection. So 
and and of course we was looking into ideas at the time he couldn't commit to making a product because of the uh, anti-competition clause um but now here we are so we actually have demelza to thank uh, a lot for that and um I'm, I know the community is asking a lot about institutional um, vertical at the moment. And um, actually, that's where a lot of the stuff included in the investment report really spawned from because she identified earlier on that actually in terms of coverage, speaking to fund managers uh, when I was living in Switzerland, it, it, it was a real pain point. And actually, the feedback from fund managers about Dash was um, fascinating and not what I expected to hear, to be honest. And that actually inspired me to do the Dash Insight series last mm. year. If you remember, I was interviewing funds like Prostera Capital. They invested in Dash, yeah. OTC desks, because we need to attract a different audience. So um, anyway, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but that's the kind of history behind it. And um, yeah, fast forward, um, I guess I should kind of uh, um, apologize. It's kind of half intentional and mm. half delayed as things normally are in blockchain. Because uh, when I was last on your podcast, we discussed the institutional uh, Dash investment thesis report. Yeah. And um, there are three PhDs working on it, and it is slightly uh, delayed. There are a few things I'm still waiting for Ryan to pass on to me in terms of the Dash uh, tokenomics. Um, but uh, in general, it's working uh, very, very well. But the reason being is the distribution channels um, that it's going to be syndicated to uh, because there was a survey of over 2,000 funds, it's pretty major. So we need to, we need if you're going to go to that target audience, you need a vehicle for those institutional investors to invest, if that makes sense. And they want to be, a, I want to have a flagship call to action in that report for them to able to, to, to take that action, right? So mm -hmm. there are a number of research partners, which I mentioned before in your podcast, but there is method to the madness. And um, we are getting to the the final stages now, which is quite exciting. Yeah, that is, you know, it's clearly a fascinating part of this whole equation. And uh, the Dash history has been quite interesting how um, the crypto world is very much more institutional than it ever used to be. And over the years, Dash has kind of had this sort of black sheep status. Some of it was, you know, initially as a privacy coin as it was called which of course over time we sort of managed to communicate that there is first off no real such thing and second dash is in a completely different category from things like monero zcash or things like that but also because there's been a lot of like it's the crypto old boys club and then there have been a lot of crypto people who are very aggressive you know, on purpose against Dash in the old days. And that sort of stuck around in people's mindsets and just, it ended up just at some point, just like, why do we not like those guys? I don't know. We just don't. And like, just kind of series of exclusions. And I, for the most part, in my perspective, again, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that I can't necessarily comment on, but it seems like Dash is as the overall focused on being PayPal 2.0 sort of a thing. And as a rough natural resource which is a crypto and it just it's hard to connect it's been that long thing of trying to get dash as a payment solution in today's economy not just tomorrow's and then there's been a lot of like lack of attention on where the rest of the space is going and i do feel like oh, with the introduction of the diff and with some other things dash is sort of starting to wake up a little bit now where you're starting to see 
getting involved in you know funds and start trying to care about institutional investment and then also with the incubator system trying to start to get included in things like you know DeFi, for example and just kind of get just keep up with everyone else while continuing to hone in on this paypal 2.0 type of a actual digital cash um, prospect which it's getting closer to being its time, but I still believe that that it's a little ahead of its time, which is, I don't know if it's a great thing to be or if it's not a great thing to be, but that's just, that's just kind of where it is. Um, by the way, hi, um, Demelza. In the, she says, hello, my ears were ringing. All right, thanks for letting me know. Does that mean the volume's too high? Does that mean you have other things? Whatever. Uh, does If there's something wrong with the, the stream or something, and that's why you're commenting, please let me know. I, I, I think she says, might be hey, saying her... I think she might be referring to like, her ears are burning because I mentioned her name. Oh. Or <laughs> I, I, that's what I'm assuming. Yeah, or they're rigging because like, oh, I heard they're perking up because I you heard the name. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Do you agree with that whole assessment of Dash's history in a quick little nutshell there? Yeah, it's very frustrating, actually, because Dash really is one of the OG coins before DeFi, all these Ethereum ERC-20 tokens, stable coins, everything else. And um uh, you know, there's pros and cons with everything uh, in every approach that we do. Um, and it actually, it's a reflection of what we're doing right now. I think Dash is currently ranked uh, 63. It's, it's not my job to sell hopium. It's my job to be objective. Mm -hmm. And um, I think there are a lot of things we have to factor in. In fact, um, the survey that was done with the uh, crypto funds, both traditional and crypto, has been amazing. Because up until that point, just to be crystal clear, DCG and no one else had no idea what crypto funds were invested in Dash. There was zero knowledge at all, right? The only thing we zero could reference proof, was, huh? um, was was Masari. And Masari had a profile of Dash and it had like a list, an investors thing. It had like nine things on there. Um, but however, they were like small family offices and trusts. Anyway, part of the research and outreach kind of determined that they weren't even invested in Dash. Mm. But the, the point I want to make was there was a lot of feedback um, from the survey wasn't just find out whether they're invested in Dash, but a lot of them uh, were invested in Dash back in the day, but actually uh, are no longer. And they, they gave uh, various reasons, but one of the common um, comments was that a loss of interest due to not fulfilling uh, development promises. So, and I'm guessing during the bull run of like 2017, uh, you know, a lot of promises were made. So I think we have to be honest and just be like, yeah, it's true. Uh, I think there were delays and we have to we have to take ownership of that. Um, but yeah, as of right now, having this information is going to be crucial uh, moving forward. So we need to re-educate and get these people to re-evaluate you know, re Dash. And um, as I said to you on your podcast last time and in my proposal at the beginning of the year, um, you know, we we need to give the the fund managers and institutional players the correct digest. I think I said to you word for word, you know, fund managers don't make investment decisions of e-entertainment articles, right? Mm -hmm. Of crypto media articles. They do they, they have a certain digest analysis, especially if they're traditional and they're invested in a, a number of different assets, right? So and that, that's been true throughout. So I must say that I'm very encouraged 
because uh, I did initially meet some resistance with this because this is something that I've wanted to pursue for, as I say, like early last year when Demelza first identified this. And I think we kind of had our goggles on and it wasn't until we wanted to really uh, onboard people with the, the diff that we, it kind of became crystal clear um, because the concern with fund managers about the inflation rate of Dash and everything else was all pointed out even before improving Dash as a store of value. And yeah. it's kind of the things that we don't, you know, as, as investors ourselves, you know, you and me want to live and breathe it. Like we, we value utility, but from their investing point of view, you know, they, they really focus on the tokenomics and uh, the inflation rate of the currency. And that's how they, they uh, really gauge their decisions. So the whole process has been really amazing. And um, yeah, I'm sure the, the outcome of this report, I think is probably going to be, you know, I, I don't want to say it, but it's really, I think it's going to be the biggest thing because it actually presents an audience with these funds because not only do they get notified via email and we have the distribution channels of Reuters, Bloomberg, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, we're printing up like 2,000 2, physical copies, sending them out. And then also as well, there will be a webinar, right? So, um, so I'm encouraged by Ryan like regurgitating what I was saying recently in Discord, yeah. but it's been a long time coming because uh, I think some of the criticism from the community, um, I think with regards to Venezuela, I mean it's no it's no shock to the community, and I guess it it isn't their best interest to question the directions and the objectives of Dash. You know, if you watch. 2020 quarter one quarter two quarter three quarter four, quarter four 2021 quarter one you know it's been crystal clear the primary and main focus has been venezuela mm -hmm. it hasn't been institutional up until this point and i actually presented this investment report to dcg in november of last year mm -hmm. and um they declined to be involved but now they're kind of dependent on the results of it which is why i think it's an interesting turnaround from a, a proactive approach to a reactionary one now but even worse earlier in the year i presented uh, them an opportunity to be part of a report which was um uh discovering institutional demand in the dac region which was funded uh with by research partners such as um the swiss stock exchange bitmain uh block um uh block nexo um and that was english german things uh, distribution channels same thing, survey, pension funds, crypto funds. Obviously, I think most people watching this will realize Switzerland is one of the biggest funds. And Dash would have been the only cryptocurrency featured in that. Mm. And it was, you know, sadly, uh, I, I did my best to pitch it and they, uh, DCG declined that as well, which is why I actually went with the newsroom proposal to actually get this forward because I took a page out of Andy Freer's book, mm -hmm. which... Um, I want to come to with you talking to the, about the marketing hub and the yeah, fork of the incubator. But like Andy pointed out to me a while ago that we're a permissionless network. You don't need to ask consent. You know, you've identified the pain point, the scope, you understand what needs to be done. Just do it. So I, that, that's what I did. And um, now from that results, hopefully once that reports out, we'll have a webinar and invite all those investment funds and do like a killer pitch. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that that for me is like crucial moving forward. So I don't mean to talk down Venezuela. I know it had noble intentions, but we've had three years there and we're 63 in the market cap. And I do think there is valid criticism from the community uh, in the direction and overall strategy of um, Dash. Yeah. And let me just give some context for all this stuff, because, you know, also some people 
obviously a lot of this is very familiar to you and I from private conversations, in community conversations, from like the depths of Discord, etc. And the late after parties, which by the way, after party tonight, after this podcast. But uh, a lot of people just might be super, relatively unfamiliar with the inner workings of Dash and be like, oh, wait, I thought that their whole claim to fame was Venezuela. Was their entire like hype machine was behind that stuff. And what now you're deciding to not do that? Well, here's a couple of things from my perspective. Uh, first off, uh, the Venezuela gamble, as it were, I would say, is a turned out to be a high risk, high reward kind of a thing, where it's just like we need we're trying to become the number one payments system on a decentralized cryptocurrency out there. Where do people need crypto the most? Venezuela. Let's put all our eggs in that basket. Let's just make that work. And I have to say how much of um i just got some feedback that um you are considerably louder than me on this thing so i'm going to add myself a decibel increase because there we go hopefully that's a little bit better hopefully i'm a little bit higher in the the thing um for some reason so this is not the same microphone that i always use Uh, this is but this is broken. I got the same microphone again, but for some reason this one's way quieter and I can't figure out why. But anyway, thank you, Collider, for uh, mentioning that. Uh, so the Venezuela high-risk, high-reward, I have to say a big part of the 2017 hype bull run for Dash is thanks to the Venezuela thing. Thanks to the, oh my gosh, it's being used there, oh my gosh, all that kind of stuff, which, um, yeah, colliders is much better awesome so uh, a lot of that is in it's a lot of critics would say oh it's all fake no absolutely not there were thousands of merchants taking dash there were it was a lot of stuff all the stuff you see out of that was real however it's just a very risky strategy in a let's just say like close to being like a failed country right like a very poorly like a chaotic situation and getting all these merchants and then having difficulties getting people to get the dash to then use it and they're just like well what can i do to feed myself today i'm starving kind of you know like it's it's a very high risk high reward and ultimately especially when the whole covid lockdowns happened worldwide all that in-person stuff really slowed down so it became it just became a thing that helped to dash in the moment but it became a big gamble that did not i do not think is the number one thing working out today now i don't think that there should be i still think that the operations that are currently there in venezuela should probably be sustained again i don't i'm not commenting on proposals i don't know every one of them but there should still be some kind of an effort but that cannot be dash's main focus anymore and i do i mentioned this a little bit um privately in a different group but basically i do believe that dash has had a part of Dash's entire existence has been a gamble because the whole thing is, look, we want peer-to-peer electronic cash that the world can use. And this is the entire reason behind Bitcoin to begin with. Bitcoin kind of didn't work out in that way. And this is what we need to do. This is our mission. And that laser focus behind being PayPal 2.0, as it were, uh, was ahead of its time, let's just say, I believe. I personally believe. And of course, it, you know, evolution comes out or platform and usernames and all that would really help, but it's kind of a little ahead of its time. 
and Venezuela being like, well, let's, we're digital cash. This is the best use case for digital cash is right in this country. Let's just throw it all in was, I would say like maybe in retro, like as it turned out, not the best strategy for market cap ranking in the long term, but it made perfect sense at the time. Now, I do think that Dash's way forward has to be that. However, as you're mentioning, like Dash Core Group doing like focusing purely on that. And obviously we all have our opinions. I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. But as you pointed out, Dash has to focus on more than just that. Even if Dash Core Group is going to be laser focused on the PayPal 2.0 use case, which didn't really exist and kind of doesn't exist today still, but we're working on it. All the rest of the stuff has to be focused on by someone. In this case, it's been a lot of you and a lot of the diff and a lot of Demelza and stuff. So, yeah. This this is why I'm so bullish on the incubator. And I just want to give a shout out to not just Andy, but the incubator admins, because they've achieved uh, a huge milestone. Over a thousand bounties uh, have now been uh, given out. So it, 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 it's amazing. Um, and... To re referring to Venezuela, I do think some of the masternode criticism is very valid. And you know me, I'm a straight shooter. I want to get to the truth. I want to get I want to be objective and get to the numbers. Because the, the, the truth of the matter is, is that I actually think some of the criticism is valid. In the very beginning, we were both big proponents of Venezuela. We still are. Like I said, it's a very noble cause, right? They've had central banking and central planning fail. However, you know, we've had three years of network funded initiatives there. And I think Masternode's asking um, for evidence or uh, metrics to prove that there has been organic growth or transactions is very valid. And right now, I haven't really been convinced by what I've seen because it mm -hmm. looks like the transaction data that's been presented has been not organic. It's been subsidized by the network. And I think part of the problem is um, that we've been telling people what they want and not listening to what they want. Do you remember the Dash uh, Embassy, DAC? Yeah. They did a SWOT analysis and the big marketing thing. Well, part of the, a lot of their focus was on highlighting what the market is doing and what people want. And I do think it's very telling that uh, last month I did a, a, a poll on my, my Twitter account and I asked people what they would value more in an app, right? And between the difference between decentralized usernames, identities, or a, a one-click staking option in the app. And the staking option won overall. And I think it's because we're not really listening or understanding what the market is right now. We champion utility and payments, but the market, you know, coin market cap is not operating like that. They're speculators. They're investing for profit and not utility. And I think in terms of the strategy of Venezuela overall, although once again, I will say noble intentions, wasn't really well thought out because we identified the pain point that their currency is depreciating. So what do we want them to do? We want them to buy Dash, but then we want them to spend it. So then they need to buy more Dash, but their currency is devaluated even more. It's like mm -hmm. a vicious cycle. And the staking earning element was missing. What we need is sustainable staking. And it's, it's upsetting to me as the first DAO that we had all these opportunities. And it's actually what Evan originally presented. You know, A lot of people thought there would be staking in the, in the core wallet app and et cetera. So I think we've kind of missed the trick and DeFi and everything else is, is taken over the space. And I know no one wants to hear it, but I actually think part of the problem is, is that we've been trying to give people what they want, but we haven't asked people what they want. And the great thing about the incubator is people are proposing solutions of what they want to see and people are making it a reality. 
So yeah. this is why I'm I'm really excited because I think it is the way forward. We we need to stop the guessing games and actually just focus and understand what the market is right now. And um, you know, if we want people to spend, we want people to buy, stake, and spend those um, rewards that are earned and keep their position in. Um, you know, people aren't buying crypto just to spend it straight away. Most people aren't hardcore enthusiasts like you and me. Hmm. You know, that's the market we're in right now. And and the coin market cap showcases that with in the interest in DeFi and everything else. And even though you and me champion decentralization, the truth is the main street user and the, the main uh, crypto user right now doesn't give a shit about centralization. Mm. Pardon my French. Yeah. But like they're, they're investing in uh, Solana that has like projects like this that have centralized nodes. Mm. But guess what? It's a one click staking solution. So basically, so they're getting into Dash the for profit. They want to earn. They want staking options. Yeah. So this is, it's an interesting thing. And what I like, I try to have as few like opinions on factual, like opinions on when I learn things that are like, oh, that's great or that isn't good. I like to try to take everything as a learning experience, right? And I got like what got me into crypto was when I was like 14 years old or what, I don't remember, I was a young kid. And I learned that the dollar has no value and it was backed by gold, which is a real thing. But then since then it's not and therefore we're just having our life savings inflated away. And I experienced that in the north of Mexico, seeing the new peso and stuff. And I was just, I want to get out of that. And when I heard that Bitcoin was this thing that could, you could just use it today. It was digital cash you could use today, but it was sound money. Okay. I got all sold. And at some point along the way, right, we're all talking about this is the, this is the reason crypto exists right? This is the reason why Bitcoin came around and Dash was supposed to be a better Bitcoin. And I do not think that that is a poor strategy even today. However, the market has moved in weird ways. I remember during the Bitcoin scaling wars, I was just thinking, oh man, like the big block is the way to go. And I don't, I don't disagree with that today, by the way. Uh, but then after Bitcoin split from Bitcoin Cash, for example, and, more, and a year before that, Dash was just doing the, the big block scalable payment solution or whatever thing. A lot of us were just sitting around waiting for Bitcoin to collapse, being like, well, it's clearly never going to work. And then to this day, Bitcoin has eroded as the market leader, right? It's gone down over time for sure. However, it's still up there and the payment coin things haven't necessarily done super well. It's not just Dash. It's like Bitcoin Cash hasn't done super well. Litecoin, other than these weird pumpy things, you know, Nano. It's like none of these things have taken off. And what I realized, as always, the heart and soul of crypto is Ken Bozak. <laughs> for better or for worse, both at the same time. And when he told me the reason he got into crypto was he got to be close to 30 he started to get some gray hairs in his beard and he says, oh, wow, I'm a big guy now yet. I don't have my, I don't have my shit together. What do I got to be an adult? What do adults do? They invest. So he says, I got to invest. And he hears this about the, here's about um, the Snapchat IPO. And he's like, oh, Snapchat's, it's huge. I want to invest in that. So he goes to his bank and says, I want to invest in Snapchat. And they just laugh at him. They're like, that's not how it works, buddy. And then he's like, oh, I tried to be an adult. I, it didn't work out. And then he hears about Bitcoin, which is something that anyone can invest in. And he's like, oh, wow. And then 
that becomes its thing. And that's what the market has decided, at least at this stage. People want to make money. They don't they aren't experiencing financial censorship to the degree with which we thought or assumed. They're experiencing the robbery of their wealth, or rather, the lack of opportunity to grow their wealth. And that's what they want out of crypto today. And I don't think Dash needs to change its course as far as providing the best peer-to-peer digital cash in the world. At the same time, there needs to be an evolution, for lack of a better thing. We need to realize that this is the way things are going. And so Bitcoin was, you know, number go up, the top number one, go like number go up. Then DeFi came, which is a way for your number to go up while it's going up. Kind of like that old meme, yo dog, I heard you like number go up. So I'm going to make your number go up while the number's going up. And that's why DeFi exploded on the scene. And think about, as a, kind of the conclusion, one of the best performing <laughs> assets, and people are going to hate me for saying this right now, but I don't care. It's my own show. Just don't donate if you don't like it. Hex has been doing quite well. <laughs> you know Why? Why though? Because numbers go up. People want to make profit. Yes. People want to profit from it, and it's the rewards that are offered. That's what I'm saying. We have to understand the market. And the thing is, this isn't a new revelation. As I said, Evan identified this and mm-hmm. pitched this. This is what people, MNOs, that have been in years have been waiting for. And although I think, and I can understand where a lot of people in the community, especially the diehard, those in the community that follow you know, Dash every day, you know, we want trustless masternode shares. But you know, at the end of the day, we've been using the motto crypto your grandma can use for a long time. And we want that frictionless user experience. And that means you should be able to stake in the app or at least give people the option uh, you know, for a centralized solution while uh you know we figure out the the trustless side of things or offer them both and and that's the thing like people in venezuela we've already identified they don't have much money at one point last year like fifty thousand people were flocking the country they don't have anything less they, they depend on remittances so much so they don't have lots of money they can't keep reinvesting in dash so and you know, even beyond venezuela what's going on in the news in america right now Everyone's talking about inflation. And I'll come back again. Like even the marketing report that and, and analysis that was put forward by the DAC embassy identified like inflation and suggested, you know, several things of marketing campaigns to target this um, because people want to preserve their wealth. You know, and the first initial people that really got into crypto, as you know already, and, and from a libertarian mindset, well, mostly precious metals investors, they were open up to alternative currencies. Hmm. So, but we're, we're not in that marketplace anymore. And there's so much noise. So like, we, of course, I'm not saying we should change course on the payment side, but what I'm saying is, is that with a, a, a incubator where the community can propose things that they wanna see, it would be great. And if I sound harsh and critical of DCG, please, please don't misunderstand me. I just wanna be brutally honest. Like we can't sell hopium. We have to be honest with ourselves and what's going on. So actually, um, and I know DCG has become somewhat of a sacred cow because we're dependent on it for development, but actually it's a lot of MNOs that are voting it and not giving that oversight and accountability that are part of the part of the problem as well. We need to be more engaged. And I think the community is the greatest asset and getting them involved and getting everyone to contribute their skills and assets is what we need. And that's why I'm so bullish and excited about your marketing hub, because that Mm. is what we need to do to move forward. We have to get people engaged and involved. We We can't keep depending on DCG to do everything. 
DCG's main objective is to be the main development arm of Dash. We're a decentralized open source project network, right? But we have a centralized entity building upon the network that's dependent on the network, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it kind of sounds a little bit ironic saying that, but even though their main objective is development, here we are, well, like five years later waiting for evolution. We can't lie. We can't, the haters, we can't ignore them. We have to be, we have to own it. We have to be honest. So um, I actually think the incubator moving forward is essential, absolutely critical. And I think you're seeing that now, as I said, great milestone, 1,000 bounties. And we're seeing DCG development use that. We're seeing the incubator propose the incentive fund to retain developers on. So although I sound like incubator crazy, it's because it's the way it's forward, true. right? So, we're meant to be a decentralized network. Let me mention two things real quick. The first thing is, for some reason, Odyssey does not have sound right now. So thankfully, I'm getting YouTube stream works. So in the if you're watching, well, you can't hear me anyway. But basically, if you're on Odyssey, click the YouTube link in the description so you can get to hear. Second, we got a super chat, which because I don't want to have your name as your mustache really here. <laughs> I'm just going to read off here um, from Anonymous. Says, yes, getting back our... Mo Oops, I accidentally like, got that up. So first off, I got someone say, that's so dope. Thank you, Mr. Anonymous, saying that's so dope. But this other guy says, yes, getting back our mojo will be a monumental task. I hope the Dash community has learned to not wait on anyone else or group to make something happen in terms of external communications and external engagement. The old way of sitting back, collecting rewards, and being insular won't work anymore in this market. Do you agree with this? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I do agree with this. 100%. You're bang on it. What, you know, there was more excitement in the network when there were more funded proposals. And were, were some of the proposal... Um you know, initiatives, stinkers of the network? Absolutely. But it made it vibrant. It made it interesting. And right now it's pretty, it's, it's pretty dull. We've just got like the diff and DCG. I've not put a proposal in for, for months, but I think in terms of the excitement in the, in the projects that are being created in the incubator, look, like it's, this isn't just my opinion. Numbers speak louder than words. In terms of approval rating on the votes from masternodes, um, the incubator has the highest approval rating, more so than DCG. That tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. Right. And I'm not, it's not me. As I said, once again, I'm not being overly harsh. I'm just saying what the reality is. We put too much on DCG to deliver. And even on their main objective goal, um, you know, we're still dependent on that. And it's still, people still um and are whether they're going to deliver or not. So, you know, yeah. we have to be honest with ourselves. We have to look in the mirror and just be like, okay, well, we have to be the change that we want to see. And you have to understand, do you know why Dash Core Group was actually incorporated as a Delaware corporation? No. Uh I would I encourage anyone to go back and look in the Dash forum. So initially we had like the Dark Queen Foundation, you mm -hmm. know, the Dash Foundation. And the the reason, one of the main reasons for setting up the Dash Core Group, Delaware Corporation was to provide job stability and long-term employment. Because as we know, it's a grant-based system. Mm -hmm. However, I do think there is a real problem with accountability and oversight. And I do think criticism from the community um, where DCG hide behind you know, this big proposal, it has been a long ongoing conversation of the salary thing where there is no, no real accountability. And I, I say this as a trust protector, like yeah. you know, even, even bringing up issues with the board 
you know, I have some concerns with, and I think we're going to have to rechange the structure on that because when you've got DCG leadership that are on the board as well, it's very hard to hold them to account. So even if the community do bring any issues forward and then we ask about them, you know, they can just tell us whatever they want. I mean, this happened in the last meeting, right? There was a H, there was a HR, we, you know, we always ask, you know, for a financial health checkup, you know, HR, movers and shakers, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, you know everything was smiling, you know, happy as Larry. And then um, Andy, who's a newly elected protector, asked the question on the developer front. And it was only because he was in the know and he's, you know, following everything that's happened, they wouldn't have told us otherwise. Yeah. So like, I'm, I, and, if you're not going to prepare to report to Dashwatch and there's no accountability, that, that's why I think we're slowly seeing more development pro uh, projects on the incubator. It is the way forward. It is the yeah. future of Dash. Well, that's a like with all these sorts of things, maybe I'm trying to pretend to be way more Zen than I actually am. And I'm actually just like a angry, <laughs> angry little bastard in person. But with all this stuff, I try never to... I would say like assign blame to things. I try never to be like this good, that bad, kind of like in terms of a personal thing. Everything is a learning experience. And so, for example, when a it happens in real life, when a friend lets me down or something, or I get upset or like I am frustrated in a relationship of any kind, whether it's personal, any kind of personal relationship or professional relationship, or I'm frustrated in a result in my life, I don't try to be angry at the thing that frustrated me. I try to look at the root cause of what I created, what I did in my own life, by my own life structuring that caused that kind of a thing. And so, like, for example, plotting out my life in a very logical if-then kind of a programming-type statement, which is, uh, like, if someone disappoints me and I don't, or if something bad happens, like, let's just say I... I go to a company I've been frequenting, like a restaurant, and they do me wrong. I don't get all upset about that. I just think, okay, well, I already have the program in my mind, which is if this standard of service is met, then go to this restaurant. If else, then find a new restaurant. And I'm not mad at the restaurant for just making the code move this way. So that's my perspective of the whole DCG thing is... Um, Obviously, you know, if you really zoom in, there can be a lot of heroic and a lot of terrible choices on individual levels and stuff like that. But I don't care about all that. What we learned with the incubator, which thank you, Andy, for having the courage to come forward and the leadership to create such a thing, is decentralized community engaged development gets a lot done. And let me just we mentioned this on the last podcast with Eleanor. Shapeshift, as I mentioned with Eric, with Eric Voorhees, at first he's one of the crypto OG people. He was also one of the first to bend the knee to the regulators. In, in fact, I would consider it, again, I, I did not see all the regulatory pressure on him, but I believed that the it, he prematurely and over and exaggerated what he needed to do. That's what I believe, but again, whatever. Then he lost 90% of his customers, and then Uniswap started eating his lunch. And then he was like, oh, we're going to be Dex now. We're going to, and okay, yeah, well, you know, come on. You just lose the money. That's why you do. You don't really care. I kind of got all cynical. But then he starts saying, we're going to make Shapeshift into a DAO. 
slowly dissolve the corporate structures of it and make it into a decentralized autonomous organization. And I'm like, hmm, maybe I misunder, maybe I underestimated him. Maybe he actually is into this thing. But regardless, can you imagine one of the biggest crypto companies is going to the DAO level? And Dash is a DAO. However, that doesn't mean the entities under Dash cannot also be a decentralized model as well. And so let me rant a little bit about the incubator model, then talk about the project that's coming up, and then maybe we'll wrap up talking about Dash Direct and stuff. Or is that is that a good trajectory? Of course, at any point, anyone can leave a comment, anyone can leave a super chat, and we will, and Mark can just go crazy like no 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 no! i want to talk about this thing and then we'll we'll do <laughs> well, that I, but get, I mean, get in like, your stuff I, I, before i got my big rant okay well i i just want to say like if anything sounds left field mm -hmm. it's because um there's been lots of trust protector conversations um not just a few but quite you know more than a handful of mnos have contacted um the trust protectors um over the last few days upset by the performance of um DCG overall. I'm sure some of it, as many expect, is probably inflated because of the, the price performance of Dash recently. But like some of it in terms of how can we hold DCG accountable in terms of like metrics or measurements, like something has to, you know, something's got to give. We can't just keep doing the same thing. And, yeah. and um, by the way, let's get rid of the term DCG in there thinking forward. It's not how do we hold DCG accountable? What metrics do we give them? Well, they're just they don't exist. They're an incidental. They're they're something that could be held by any entity or group of people. We can't just get a new group of people and expect things to be different. The model has to change. That's the thing. And like it's an evolution of Dash. And that's why I'm so happy that you mentioned Shapeshift. Because yes. if you and I encourage everyone to read that article, it's fascinating. Not just the battles with the regulators, but actually the the financial uh, burden of the setup. The, the taxes, the tax records, everything else. Like if you break everything down to a bounty basis, which is what the network essentially is, is grant-based system to deliver something, a, a, a deliverable to the network and hold people accountable. That is what it should be at the, at the simplest level. You know, we keep telling everyone we're a decentralized network, um, but I really think we need to champion that more. Mm -hmm. And I think we, even with the marketing hub, you know, business development, Everything I'm telling you, it's the way forward. Yeah. Just to go back on the institutional thing, I know I sound like I'm going off on one, but like the the network's got me inspired. So if you think I'm like going off on a tangent right now, I'm listening to all of your feedback and criticism, and my intention is to do something about it. I take a lot of responsibility by an elect, being elected by the network to to oversee things. And if I think, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are too scared to say stuff out loud. They send me messages. And they plead with the trust protectors to do things. But it's kind of like, you've got to be the change you want to see. We all know what the problem is, right? But no one wants to do anything about it. And the only way I see it a way out is the incubator where the community yes. knows exactly what they want to see. They know all the features and functionality. Let me add a little And even when it comes to, to marketing and even the diff investments, like, yeah. you know, so even Dash Direct, you know, earlier mm -hmm. on today, uh, I had a meeting with um, Marshall. And, uh, you know, we was talking about the, the share and earn campaign, but also like, how do we get the, the community involved sharing? And this is where your idea of the fork of the incubator for a marketing DAO is, the, is fantastic. I want to reward users for doing tasks. And I'm so happy that you're heading this up. 
I really am. I can't tell you. Like, uh, we need this so bad. Let badly. me give the cut. There's so I, I've put some announcements here or there, but I don't assume anyone here listening knows this, which, by the way, um, I did not see before, but the this is so dope comment comes from XKCD, which thank you. But XKCD also said another word. It says, Joel, please mention the proposal to drop the proposal fee. And remember, so this is 176th episode of the Dash podcast, right? We did most of those, the two of us with whatever, and I did a whole bunch of on my own since then over many years. And when this was a part of Dash, when this was for being paid by that Dash network or under their auspices officially, we didn't never campaign for proposals or anything, but that is not the case here. <laughs> so I personally on the proposal fee, cause I got paid to mention it right now, you know, again, bounty based thing. I got, <laughs> I got a bounty there. Uh, I do think that in the old days, uh, the five dash, especially when Dash was very low in price, the five dash proposal fee was probably necessary. And even at the top of like the the bull market in 2017, again, people can disagree. I also think that it was still necessary because we had so many proposals. We needed to weed out some of them, right? Now, however, the kind of the energy wave, the hype wave is sort of passed by Dash. And now I do think it would make sense to just have like a one Dash proposal fee in this moment. Although I've not thought about this very deeply. That's just where I am now. I'm sort of leading towards, yes, lower the proposal fee. But other people such as XKCD have many more uh, feelings on the matter and can mention them. So let me just mention the thing you've been alluding to a lot. So Andy Freer started this thing called the Dash Incubator. And I made a video on how to do stuff with that, which is basically a development, a bounty-based development incubator where there's a bunch of bounties. People can claim bounties. And then they only get paid once they actually do the work and only for the work they do and by a per item basis. And the cool thing about the incubator is it's not just a bunch of bounties. It's anyone can suggest a bounty. And if the admins of the incubator approve it, then there you go. You get the idea goes in and whoever came up with the idea gets paid. Then if you like, well, how do we do the thing? It's not just an idea. If you write a specification on it, like as in, this is what we need to do. We need like a to fork the official this repository and that and write a blah, 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 and this and that. This is what we need to do. You get paid to write those specs. Anyone can do it again. Anyone can jump in. And then production tasks. Who wants to actually build on that? Everyone gets paid task by task. And this whole thing has created like a huge like swelling out of, you know, it's just been a ton of productivity has come out. A lot of creativity, a lot of productivity. All this stuff has been pretty awesome. And after that, so I participated here and there in Andy's incubator for bounties. For example, I wrote most, again, no secret because it's all public. That's the cool thing about this. It's all public. I wrote most of the, um, was it the product specs in the early stages, at least for Jembe, the Twitter alternative based on Dash platform. And you can just see all those, all, all the ideas I have in there and all the stuff that I put in there. You can go see that. And then I wrote some, some medium articles for the little medium thingy, which since has gotten paused. And at some point I was just like, I told, I believe it was Ash. I was saying, Hey, can we do like a, a bounty so I can run this community Twitter account that I've been running? You just get paid for it. And then he was like, Oh yeah, maybe, but I don't know if we're doing too much of that. I think we're trying to, uh, to you know, do more dev bounties. And then he goes, 
you should just start your own incubator. There's a p- official process for that. And then I believe Ryan Gull also encouraged me to do this as well. And then eventually um, we all decided we're going to, you know, a bunch of us decided we're going to actually fork the Dash incubator and create something called the Dash Marketing Hub, which is a basically a carbon copy of the Dash incubator with a few tweaks. There's a couple of rules I want to experiment with, but basically to do marketing and promotion. And when I talked to Andy, Andy got very excited about all this. And of course, Andy, can, he's in the live chat. He can attest to this. He got excited about all this. And as such, I'm working through the process of making this an official incubator fork where the model is similar enough or whatever that it can be signed off as I'm not just making some random thing and I'm not just making some random thing saying, oh, it's like the incubator. Yeah, give me some votes and money and stuff. Like it has to actually live up to these expectations and stuff. And so that's kind of what this thing is. Look forward as soon as this cycle is over, which is like a week or a little over a week, then I'm going to put in a proposal that you should vote for. Again, I'm advocating it for because I can. It's my show. Fuck you. right? <laughs> I'm advocating for you to vote for this thing, starting out small in the beginning, but we'll see where it goes. And let me just ramble really quick. I know it's a very long ramble, and that's usually an honor reserved for Mark Mason, but I can take executive privilege in this as well, uh, on the incubator model itself and why it's so huge. Of course, not everything has to be the incubator. Not everything has to be a carbon copy of this thing. But the idea behind the incubator, if you uh, if you implement this correctly, is massive, which is, first off, radically transparent it's funny because like dash being oh the privacy coin or whatever like coming from um the gold dark coin days has really grown up to be radically transparent because one address all the money goes in there anyone can see any single one of the payouts and exactly what it was for at any one time you never have to wonder where did the money go you know exactly where it went not just where it went but what exactly it funded by exactly whom it goes straight in there. And the second is all work is completely transparent. Anyone can look at the work being done. Anyone can see who did it, who claimed a thing, who got paid. And then they claim under the claim of it. You can open that up and see their work. Be like, wait, we funded this. Why did, and you can, and you get to see who, agreed to fund that because like there's admins under these specific tasks. So say I am making videos on how to use dash direct. I decide to make a video and then, so then everyone can tell I got paid and how much I got paid to make this, this hypothetical video that hasn't happened. And then if they don't like the video or they're like, we paid how much for this and they can see exactly how much it got paid and they can ascertain it's true. They see the video, they see it's shite, although hopefully if I make something, it's not shite, right? And then they're like, well, who the hell greenlit this thing? Oh, they get to see the two admins or, you know, in Andy's case, maybe one, but I'm, you know, gonna try to experiment a little bit of extra on that. But they can see who greenlit this idea and they can see who approved it and be like, what the hell? Why did you approve this of that? You get to see, who approve these admins to be admins if they make repeated mistakes or something. It's all transparent. It's all out there. You don't know, you don't have to wonder about these things. It's just all out there. And more importantly, 
everyone gets paid by the work they do, which incentivizes doing work and disincentivizes not doing work. And a lot of times what you have in organizations, let's just say there's three salaried people. Let's just say, you know, three founders of a DFO, two, one to two of them end up working their asses off for a few years. One of them kind of falls by the wayside for whatever personal reasons, for whatever just becomes lazy or just gets burned out or has family commitments or whatever. And then the other people work extra hard and then they start to become burned out because they're working extra hard for not that much. The incubator model has a solution for that, which is if you're just on fire doing a million things, just like you stack up all that money and then when you burn out and have to take a vacation, you don't make any more during that time. And so it kind of flows at the ebbs and flows of people to where you get the productivity. It's a cruel, harsh mistress. It just, you, get, you, you do the work, you get paid. You don't do the work, you don't get paid, period just does not matter. And so basically I'm extremely excited to get this thing going. And I have a couple ideas, which by the way, I'm not proposing this now, but this is some cool stuff. I don't think I've told you about yet, Mark, or just a few people, but what I would like to do, assuming this is success, this incubator model is successful in a marketing and promotion kind of a way. What I would like to do is encourage other DFOs to place their own bounties with their own money on this incubator thing. So let's say someone needs to make a dash direct video. The diff wants it and whatever it is, there's not enough money in the incubator itself or in the, the hub, sorry, the dash marketing hub. There's not enough money or it's being done for other things or they already made one, but the diff wants a specific one geared towards investors, whatever that will help them pitch, whatever, let's just say. The diff can go in there. Again, this is not in the first version right away, but I'd love to put this in pretty quick. Is they could go in there and just say, we, an outside DFO, an outside Dash Fund organization, we want this done. We are assigning one of our people as the admin to this. There we go. And it's just like a bounty inside there. Or let's just say, uh, which by the way, Dash Next has already done that kind of the Dash incubator with, you know, they arranged for some Ren bridge thing and then that kind of got funded, but that was kind of separate. But let's just say, let's try to encourage a lot of DFOs that don't use the incubator model to put some of their work into the incubator anyway. So everyone can just see that radical transparency going on right there and they can do the network effect of the rest of the world as well. Like, let's just say, um, BizDev, let's just say Ernesto says, I really want to get Dash on Gemini. I'm going to put $10,000 or $20,000, let's just say $20,000 of BizDev funds. I'm going to give that to whoever, because we've tried, we can't figure it out. Community, if you can do it, DCG will pay you for that. And you put the bounty in there. Someone happens to, in the community who just wasn't paying attention, has connections to the Wigglevoss twins, is just like, I, I'm going to do that. And they get it done. DCG pays for that work. They claim it as the their thing that they got it done because they funded it getting done. They get the credit, but then the actual who got the bounty, who had the connection, is also public. And again, my project does not have to pay for this because... It's an outside well, I'm thing. I'm going to get a lot of bounties. Yes. Now. <laughs> because, because like, even, even like some of the stuff that's been going, like to go on, even on the institutional thing again, like mm -hmm. I actually think community-based tasks 
are even more important. Say, for example, Dash Direct. Mm -hmm. We can reward the community to promote to post videos on YouTube mm -hmm. or tweet a photo it's and use a specific plain. hashtag. I mean, this this is amazing. Now, I have to say on the Dash Direct video front, don't worry about that because the newsroom has already uh, created a video tutorial for the launch with a female crypto YouTuber, which is interesting, and uh, like a app promo video. <laughs> but I am looking forward to working with Joelle, who has actually been fantastic behind the scenes as well um, because part, part of the Dash Direct in preparation for the announcement um, you know, I'm reaching out to YouTubers right now, and there is one in particular. And of course, um, when it comes to living off crypto, uh, you know, Joel is is the the man for that. So Joel's been fantastic at kind of battle testing actually the Dash Direct app. So like, there are lots of initiatives and things I can see it to be used for. Um, and yeah, I'm glad you mentioned business development because that's an absolute must. In fact, with the root, this is why I was going to say it's the initiative. It's people being rewarded for being proactive, right? Mm -hmm. Initially, you know, we see a lot of reactionary comments on, on the back foot. But for example, with the institutional report right now, one of the research partners in that report who provides institutional services, because of that was funded by the newsroom, was introduced to DCG and the DIF. And that's now, be, that's now being used by both of them. Um, so like for me, this is great because actually a lot of the things that go through DCG biz dev sometimes happen through LinkedIn with me and everything else. And then I, I pass it on. So like, this is, I think this is going to be definitely the way forward. We need to mobilize and incentivize the community. Yeah. It just has to be done in the right way. Well, that's exactly it. And I have another idea, which I'm a lot less keen on this i'm a lot less like sure that this is a good idea which is why i'm saying it to you guys here so first thing incubator for marketing and promo so we can just incubator eyes that world great i'm very 100 behind that i'm like 90 percent behind the let other dfos put their own bounties with their own money in this incubator so you could get to not only do they get to profit from the mind share of the whole community more or less but then they get to actually foot the bill for that and they get to actually have transparency on some of the stuff that they do. But the next level, which I'm not, maybe I'm below 50% or I'm around 50% on, is people claiming bounties for stuff they're already paid on but not taking payment for it. Let me explain this. There is a thing in a clause in the incubator rules in both the Dash Marketing Hub and of course Andy's incubator for a, when you put your Dash payment address, to put null, to refuse payment for whatever reason. And it's discouraged because part of the thing is when you get paid, it rewards that kind of thing and helps the incentive model to work. But let's just say, for example, this. I run this Dash podcast every two weeks out of the goodness and passion of my heart, but also because people like you give me donations, which thank you very much for that. What if I start claiming every two weeks when I do this podcast as a video exposure for Dash? But I don't. I put my address as null because I'm not. I'm not doing this to get paid. I'm not just going to try to use the incubator to like steal from people and like monetize, like rob the incubator, monetize everything I do. But this is a Dash podcast, so why not put it there? Why not put it there and not get paid for it? Just to say this is what I'm doing, and then you get enough other. Let's just say, um, let's just say Felix from Dash Next does an interview or does a panel or something like that. He puts it, he puts his interview appearance 
under the media appearance bounty, but does the declines payment because he already get pay, paid to do this stuff. He's already salaried, but he just puts that there for transparency reasons. Let's just say Ryan Taylor does an interview. He puts that interview there too and declines payment. You get enough people under the system putting their proof of work, which is what Dash is founded on, in front of the whole world to see. And then you don't need external organizations sniffing around and saying, did you earn your Dash here? It's just, it's all there. And so even if you don't believe in the incentive structure or you want a salaried group doing anything, what if you just put your output, not the payment part, but just for transparency reasons, put your output alongside the rest of the stuff. And then you get to see, well, who's the hardest working person in Dash? And you get to say, well, this person who's just a community member has been on 87 shows and podcasts in a calendar year, and he's gotten paid for all of them. Good for him. But this other person, let's just make, just say Ryan for whatever. He's been on 95 this year. And he didn't, he didn't, but he didn't get any payment for that from the incubator because he's already being paid as the CEO of Dash Core Group or whatever, but he put his work here too. You get to see that. Oh, how many did this person do? And then you get to just, because even though like the incubator is paying out little tasks, even salaried people should have that same transparency of output. So that's, I'm not as convinced that it should be in the same place, but at the very least, we can just start it's with It's what the network's about. The network is meant to reward people that add value to the network. It champions the individual, right? Mm -hmm. When you get big groups, especially taking large quantities from the network, you get a very protectionist nature, right? And because then there's a big group mentality. And then, of course, it actually prevents, you know, everyone was always open in the beginning, so he wanted to compete in development teams. And I'm very encouraged by seeing Dash Core Group developers really taking a shine to the incubator and not only posting ideas, but also bounties to get work done. I mean, that was the, I think that's the biggest shift really for in the incubator, I think in the past month or two, a lot of the bounties are actually now for like protocol level stuff. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's really interesting. And I do think this is the way forward. We, we have to embrace change. Um, we have to understand where we came from, why we did certain things. But if we want to turn this ship around, we have to also acknowledge it as well. And um, I think that means even if we have to ask hard questions, we have to make sure that we're getting the right answers. And um, we need to reward people that are proactive, not reactive. I emphasize that again, because yeah, I, I really think on, a, on a, a bounty by bounty level, breaking things down, it, it really separates the, the weak from the strong. And uh, yeah, I and it's clearly a, and let, let me be clear about that, by the way, I don't necessarily think the entire planet, the economy of the entire planet Earth needs to run in that way because, well, I, I, it doesn't mean I think it shouldn't, but it is a harsh mistress, so to speak. Uh, it's just like if you have a little bit of a slow day, if you're a star player, but you have a little bit of a slow day and, you know, when stuff like it's brutal because it, it acknowledges no humanity, no humanity. There is no humanity. There's only output, which there should be some like memes we got to make about, you know, this, there is no humanity. There is no salary, only output, you know, and just like the robotic thing. But that's literally what we're doing. And it, humanity is for all the in-between stuff. But when you're trying to create productivity structures, 
We can't be like modeling them around humans. In fact, if anyone has, uh, if anyone has been into like the business world, there was a famous entrepreneurial book called The E-Myth, which came out many years ago. It's kind of an old thing. But part of what they, they analyzed the fast food chain success, specifically McDonald's, as part of what they call the turnkey revolution. What makes McDonald's such a successful business franchise is because they built a model that works no matter who you plug in. It's not like, oh, this was a small business that worked great because we had we have the best people. That's why we win. Oh, the fuck that. It's bullshit, right? You have the best model. You can hire anyone who's willing to be plugged into that system and they do whatever it's required to do. And then you don't like, well, this one worked well because they had the right people. But we opened up a branch in that state or that country. It didn't work because we didn't have the right people. Well, no, your just model was not replicable. It was not a replicable model of success. But if you create a replicable model of success, you plug in people and it just runs and it works. And that's the whole incubator model. What I'm really hoping to do is, of course, again, Andy started the whole thing off. So props to Andy above all. And I probably don't think that Andy was the only person to think about this thing in human history, right? I'm pretty sure it's a very old idea but has not been aggressively implemented in this way much until recently. And there might be other crypto projects that have all, already been doing the incubator stuff forever. I know that there, so I know that there were, um, for example, let's, let's talk Monero for just a second. Uh, Monero does not have a treasury. They do have what they call the forum funding system, which in the forum, they have a little system where you can suggest a bounty or we suggest some work and then people enough people donate to it to approve it and then it moves on. I've not studied this thing extensively, but they've managed to get a lot of stuff funded. Obviously Bitcoin Cash has the flip starter thing where anyone can get funded, mainly George Donnelly, but other people too, <laughs> by just convincing people, oh, I'm gonna do some awesome stuff and then get fun. There's a whole bunch of different community crowdfunding approaches. And I it would be strange to me if Dash was the only one to have like an incubator at this stage. But it could be, and I'm more than willing to, by the way, when, um, so Andy, by the way, says, um, oh, by the way, Incubator was founded by me, Readme, Cloud Wheels, Deshameter, and a few others. I just took the PO role. Well, awesome. So now we know at least there's that, that main credit. Um, I'm going to shut up for a little bit of a, a second, but I did get two super chats I got to read off first. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if this is Strophy said this, but... Maybe I'm trying to out them and help test, help the network, help test Dashmate today. So Dashmate is the new master node service app thing that basically helps you set up your master, like a one click type setup and stuff like that helps manage all kinds of things. So if you do any kind of, if you're, if you have a master node of any kind or of a dash kind, let's be specific, <laughs> help test Dashmate today. And then the second one, um, Dogecoin solely bases on the in-between. Yes, that's why Dogecoin's um, success has been so all over the place. It was like, way, it was like great in the beginning, then it just fell off, and then Elon started tweeting, and all of a sudden it's up to, the, to whatever. And so we want something that's like a proven machine of forward growth. So I'll shut up for a second. Mark, do you have any more ramblings before we go on to the Dash Direct gushing? Um, well, 
I'm, I've not actually seen what's going on in the chat. So I'm curious to see what people's comments are and if there's any questions coming up. It's, it's my job here to be honest with the network and brutally honest, because yes. I think we do need to be honest with ourselves. And I think that's why I get, I mean, I've been getting messages on Discord saying, Mark, keep going, keep going. You know, like, yeah. this is awesome. This is I, fire. I'm getting but a like, lot of that too. Is, that, that is, I'm not saying this to be provocative. I think I'm just saying what everyone already knows they're just not prepared to say in public so if there's any questions in the chat rather than me just saying what's going to my head i'd rather answer questions that anyone has in the comments um what yeah. do you want to know what do you want to discuss we can talk about dash direct yeah um so of course that is going to come out but like obviously yeah, what, what i appreciate we... financial support however as we're this late into the um we're this late into the conversation I'm reading any questions in the live chat, including on Odyssey, which I don't know why anyone's watching on Odyssey right now because the sound's not working. But yeah, just anywhere you want to give a live chat, ask some questions. If necessary, give some feedback. But, you know, I like questions because I can answer them. But let me talk about Dash Direct then because let's just do that while we're waiting to see. Oh, when pitchforks yeah. is what CDM says. <laughs> well, well, First and foremost, with Dash Direct, um, there's a lot of unsung heroes in Dash that do a lot of things behind the scenes Name that them. play the, the Mr. Fix-It role. So I want to give a specific thank you to um, Ash Francis, who's been instrumental from the beginning. So um, yeah, Ash he, is yeah he's everything. really helped out with his solution. So Ash yeah, has well, been I mean, a huge part of the marketing hub. I do not believe he's going to be one of the admins in the beginning because he's doing everything else. But... He's been a huge part in helping me get this together going. So cheers to you, Ash. Cheers with my empty coffee yeah, cup. Ash, Ash saved the day with Dash Direct. I mean, I think, oh my God, I want to say it was a few months ago now. I had an AMA with Ryan and um, I already already had contact with Craypay because we did the diff like investment announcement. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the Dash Direct app, there hadn't been really much communication at that stage. And um, yeah, I think Ryan mentioned on the AMA that like the app was like two weeks away from release. So it was kind of after the podcast, I was like, really? And then I had a chat with Marshall, and then I realized that there was no way for people to acquire Dash. And then the payment side of things hadn't really been worked out. Mm. So I had to try and work to find out a solution. Um, on my own initiative, spoke to uh, Ash, worked out a few ideas, had to broker a deal, and negotiate that with DCG to 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 pay him to fix the problem. <laughs> and obviously switch payment providers. So I mean, like... In terms of business development, I really don't think people appreciate things that happen behind the scenes. I mean, even with the diff because right now, you'd be mentioning the diff right a lot, mm -hmm. but the diff supervisors are volunteers, right? I mean, they have actionable items, but they meet for like an hour, hour and a half each week. So in terms of things like Valkyrie and Dash Direct, business development is me. I post meeting updates to keep them updated with what's going on. Um, so like this is so like for me, I do think there's a lot of misconceptions so I, I although i appreciate everyone's really getting on the institutional train right now which is great because that's what we wanted a lot of this has only been made possible because of um demelza demelza's done more for dash in terms of institutions than anyone in dash has since its inception honestly in terms of the connections and things that we're pursuing right now so I, that's why uh, i'm like saying sometimes we need someone that has their foot outside the door and can give us that reality check to tell us what our weak points are, but also take the initiative to get out there, network, be at events, 
talk to people, the movers and shakers, and actually make things happen proactive, not reactive. So, um, so this is why, um, you know, I'm a little bit frustrated, admittedly, but I've been reading comments, you know, I know the dash price is down, all trust protector comments, community comments from masternodes. I saw Brian, I was answering some questions in uh, the Dash Core group thing, talking about Dash news and everything else, which is in like um, complete opposite view to what Arden posted in the general chat about the value in her SEO report that Dash news actually delivered, which we know because it had over like close to 3 million views. So it helped out in a, in a lot. But I think in some ways there's a lot of, I just wish they were, I wish there was more honesty. I think when they get reactionary, they get pro- very protectionist and it's, it's not good. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, I, and, and I, I think even when Ryan mentioned going to New York in June, he asked me to set things up because we expected the report to be out by then. Right. Yeah. And even some of the stuff he's saying now about creating materials, if even back while I was saying in my initial proposal at the beginning of the year, and then when I, pitched them the article and the pain points and everything else saying even dash having its own position on dash doesn't mean anything to investors legal position or private send or whatever it doesn't matter we need third parties mm-hmm. so i know dcg are only working now on creating a one pager for institutions and things like that i know because omar asked me for the outline of the industry report to help him but my point is, it's coming from Dash. It builds no trust or credibility, which is why having these research partners and industry report is so important. And for the small amount of money, so I'm happy they've changed their two now, but it's purely reactionary because I didn't get that support before. So it was the initiative and being proactive of a newsroom funded proposal to make it happen. And it's because I didn't, you know, I got uh, rejected three times on big things, even in the blockchain um, venture capital report where Demelza mentioned Ryan Taylor as an insider uh, insight mentioned in the diff. Mm-hmm. So like, this is what I'm saying. Uh, what, so I read some of the comments and I think it's very disingenuous to put it politely. And because um, right, right now DCG doesn't know who's funded in Dash at all. And the reason why it's such a big issue and pain point from doing business development for many years now for Dash, uh, I'll give you an example, Stakehound, for example, right? They have many state tokens with many different cryptocurrencies, name everything else. All, all of them, though, they've done their research. They know who's invested. So when they want to set something up, they can go to the big pocket players. We didn't know that. So this is why this is another reason why we've we've taken this approach. So although they're talking about institutions right now, I just wish they were a bit more honest because, you know, they weren't very supportive in the beginning and they're not very humble and honest about where you know, what essentially the research and connections and webinars that they're relying on. So I appreciate they need to make themselves look good for some recalls, but, um, and I'm not looking for credit. I'm just looking for honesty. Well, and that's the thing is, uh, honesty, we're talking about honesty. There's a lot of, first off, a lot of that depends on communication where in perspective that people can have different perspectives on what happens and have different communication things. So people could say, be going off the exact same data and have exact and have vastly different takes. Like they talk to you versus they talk to say Ryan, they could have, you could both be drawing from the same data source, but saying opposite things kind of, but that, that shouldn't matter. What matters is the data source is just not public. And that is, 
the thing about the incubator model is if you have all the work there, everyone says this person claimed credit for this thing at this point, got paid this much. You're free to have divergent opinions on what the truth of the matter is based on that data, but the data is still public. Radical transparency, which is something that in this world of fake news and all that kind of stuff is something we need more than ever. And so exactly the thing of like, well, who did this? What? And by the way, I remember back in the day when Coindesk wrote the awesome, awesomely titled, even if it fails, Dash is doing good things, Venezuela now article. Um, I remember at the time there was some consternation over that because I remember you and I worked very hard on getting Dash its fair shake in that article, which it got an unfair shake, but at least it got a shake. And then at some point, uh, a competing project, which at at the same time, which right now is trying to like shill Bitcoin in El Salvador or whatever, Kuva Cash, again, let's just say, they they were mentioned in the article and they said they got it all done. And then there was like, oh yeah, we were talking to him first. No, I was talking to him first, all this kind of nonsense. And then it ended up being like, it was one of the few cases where someone started starting to stand up for their piece of the pie or whatever happened. And you cannot just have this like, everyone's clamoring for credit nonsense, period. Because mostly the polite people will just not say anything and be walked over even if they're the producers. And then everyone's going to wait for the quarterly call, for example, for the ultimate source of truth. Now, that that can't be the way things are. We need to just have a public record of everything going on. And we cannot, no, no offense, wait for Dashwatch to ask the proverbial but literally happened George Donnelly why his transaction numbers aren't what he promised in the title of his proposal because they aren't tracking those metrics. Dashwatch, come on. <laughs> Again, maybe I'm talking too much smack at this point, but I'm just saying we shouldn't say, well, well is Dashwatch looking over shit? No, who cares? Well, I mean, Look at the we data need to make source. The network interesting. So yeah. like uh, you said, XK, as I said, I'm really apolog I apologize, everyone. I can't see the chat and your messages, but mm -hmm. you did mention before that there was a comment from XKCD about what do we think about the one dash proposal fee yes. in terms of... Um, now, what do I think about that? I think that's great. I wish there was more decision proposals like that because debate is always a good thing. Mm -hmm. And I want to see, as a trust protector, that's what I want to see. Don't behind closed doors. Look, I, I appreciate some of the uh, decision proposals and things that have been uh, pushed to the network before have kind of been a bit um, imaginative to put it you know, one way. Um, and clearly some things are gonna have more support than others. But having a debate is always a, a really healthy thing for the network. So actually, I'm very interested to see how this uh, performs. It gets my full support. If the community gets behind it, we need, you know, it's my job as a trust protector to make sure that that's honored and, and you know, uh, implemented ASAP. Mm -hmm. So um, yes, I, I'm really encouraged by that. And I, I hope to see more involvement because not only have voter participation rates have been on the decline, I've also noticed comments on uh, Nexus uh, Dash Central have like, this, I don't know whether it's MNO fatigue. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say, you know, part of the blame does lay with uh, MNOs in, in, terms of the, in terms of accountability, voting, change in, uh, because they have a voice. 
and they need to be heard. And yeah. you know, a lot of people will be scared to say that because they think they're gonna their chances being elected are gonna be damaged moving forward. No. As the Fernando once said, I like Messi. And the reason why people like and support me is because they see that I'm honest, I'm one of them, I care, and you can't buy passion. And um, yeah, so that I, I think what you're doing with the the well, marketing incubator to go back to it, <laughs> bring can... it back full circle, is is huge. Is huge, yeah. monumental, and I hope it has as much impact as the uh, development one. Yeah, it's so, as you mentioned, like you cannot, you cannot buy passion. You can, however, fake passion, but you can't fake output, can you? Right. Absolutely. The passion. You want to ask shows. me about social media? What was that? You want to ask me about social media? Um, apparently, like, I'm getting from all the different messages and chats that the network wants me to ask you about that. So go ahead. I've got, I've got good news. I've taken back full responsibility. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I, I just wanted to apologize to the network. I, so I had a baby last month. And um, there was a lot of comments in Discord. So I think there was a period between like the 8th of June to the 16th where nothing was uh, posted. Now, um, in terms of social media posting, um, I've had access to the uh, da official Dash social media channels for a very long time. Um, and then once Fernando uh, resigned in November, you know, with a particular focus on Twitter, it's pretty much been me single-handed. And I'm very proud of the fact that I grew that channel uh, from the beginning of the year, this year, from like 325,000 to over 400,000. Mm -hmm. um, now, the, the, the reason why I want to bring this to people's attention is because I, I know you had Arden on and she said that, which is why I kind of made a little bit of a joke. Well, that's the um, thing. Because is, I spoke I, to her afterwards. I have people on had... and like the floor is yours for this stuff. It's not like I don't have her on as well and I will have her on again to say whatever. And I have been working with her behind the scenes on some other stuff. So. Again, yeah, I'm, yeah, all, I'm all Mr. For as much of an asshole as I am, I'm trying to be Mr. Float above the whole thing. No, no, no. Pure honesty. No, no, no. Every, and just let everything's it out. So, everything's okay. So uh, I just want to let the network know that it's a shared responsibility. I did reach out to Arden afterwards. In her defense, there was a lot of criticism from the network. So I think she was trying to take some responsibility and the blame for not posting because obviously I was at the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to be you know crystal clear that that, Obviously, it still is the case. I think, as you pointed out, you can see there's like a fingerprint of uh, tweets. So you can, you can, in terms of uh, the style and things as well, and uh, the content that's posted and stuff as well, in terms of its images, videos, it's very easy to distinguish. Um, but the how that came about was was actually before Arden went on the podcast, because this hadn't really come up before. So when mm -hmm. people were posting in the the Discord, I actually wanted to handle this in a responsible uh, manner. So I spoke to uh, Ryan and a few managers saying like, and I asked them a question. I said, in your opinion, should I be 100% responsible for official Dash social media at this stage? And that's why I wanted to clarify, you know, the history with um, Fernando and the newsroom and everything else. And, you know, everything was, because if that was the case, I need to apologize to the network. But I notified uh, Dash. I knew Arden had access and everything else. The day I went to the hospital, I, I messaged and everything else as well. So I said, like, if this is going to be a shared responsibility moving forward, because I want Dash to be the best, that's the way I want to move forward. So I had a meeting with Ryan and Arden about this, and we discussed a number of things because, um, you know, to date, 
nothing, you know, I was still 100% managing Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, still am actually. Um, and yeah, so we needed to get clarity on that to move forward because I want what's best for the network. Clearly, there's a need. If there's illness, emergency, we need to have coverage. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to let people know that that is the case moving forward. It is a shared re responsibility still as per the network. And that's why I say like the network rules supreme. We're a permissionless network. We don't need to ask for consent. The network rules. So um, as long as the network's happy with me doing that, I'm going to continue uh, to do that. And um, I'm very proud in the growth uh, that's happened actually across all um, social media. And I'll continue to do Blockfolio as well. Um, I just don't know if that's always you know very well understood. Yeah. But I just wanted to, and the thing is, like, I have nothing to hide. So, and I think people know the truth anyway. So that's why I was saying about reactionary responses, being honest, don't be disingenuous. I know there's a lot of people that have a lot of uh, questions and critiques. Yeah. Um, but I think the way forward is to work together, take ownership of those issues and work to get a, a better solution. So, yeah, that's all I wanted to say on that matter, because I know a lot of people message me afterwards. And um, yeah, so I, I wanted to clarify that on here. And uh, I clarified that directly immediately of Arden afterwards saying like, you know, was we in the same meeting? <laughs> yeah. So, so. Um, that, that's another thing where I just wanted to say with the Dashcore group channel and stuff as well. It's kind of like, I understand they're on the back foot. I understand they're on the defense, but a bit of honesty wouldn't go amiss. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, um, and by the way, he'll always says, can I get, can we get an NBG? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you're well, I, I, See, this is this is it. This oh, hang on, that's not. Hang on, this is an attack yes. on Arden because this is why I had the conversation with Ryan. That's why I said this is why I wanted to deal with it internally. This is the dash I didn't want to throw anyone show, but yes, please continue. Yeah, it's, I didn't want to throw anyone under the bus, right? So that's why I I took that approach uh, because I wanted to know the opinion. Because in terms of the job specifications, I'm not Arden's employer. I can't tell her what she can do and what she can't do. So that that has to come from Ryan and the others. So. Um, and uh, Brian took ownership of it um, and, you know, said that, you know, he hadn't made that clear. And, well, let me yeah, so hopefully moving things. forward, things will be a bit better. Um, first off, with the DAO itself, has been struggling to find the exact right balance of, like, who are we going to fund and what are we going to fund and why and stuff. And I remember the same sort of a thing during the Dash Force days where, obviously, you and I are workhorses. We had a good team. We did, a, I think, a great job in a lot of ways. And there was at some point, like, the trying to appease the voters versus trying to just get the most good stuff done. And sometimes there was overlap. There was not always overlap, however. And a lot of times, I remember being so frustrated because they're like, well, what are you guys doing? And so we post website statistics. We post all this stuff. And then people just say... I don't like the podcast. It's too long. I'm voting against you and all this kind of nonsense. And it's like, well, don't you see the rest of what we do? And it's always just like, well, how do we, how do we sell what we're doing like really well? Because it does not speak for itself somehow. And what I like about the incubator type thing is uh, you don't have to sell that anymore. It's just there. You can highlight certain things but it's not like you don't have to worry about how am i going to report the work i'm doing in a way that makes people like it and it's just that that like 
well, we're not all about this. We're about that. It, like it, it would really help just have one page, like a Trello board, just to say, this is what we got done. Period. Look at it. Go, you know, how, don't, don't ask what have you done because it's all here. You can ask follow-up questions about like, why did you decide to fund this bounty rather than that one? Or do you think that this admin is doing a good job based on the, like, okay, that's a separate thing, but just that frustration. And here's the other thing though, when talking about systems, like it's kind of like Chuck Williams likes to say, like the all value is belief networks, not hierarchies, you know, things like that. All action is incentive based. And I try not to see good or bad people or performers. It's just good or bad output based on the incentives, which get the output. And so the incentives are what are kind of at play here. And so a lot of times people are talking, you know, like they want to say someone's good or bad, or someone's a good performer or bad performer. Someone's a good, someone's competent or incompetent. Those things all do exist. It's not, we're not talking about like, no, everyone's special, man. Oh, that's not the world we're in. However, a lot of people, I think, perform up to their incentive levels. And a lot of times, first off, this is my, my shilling for DCG stuff, which does not, <laughs> it does not go against anything that we else that we've said in this thing. Well, this is the, the devil's advocate side of things, right? First off, I do believe that the network as a whole has been way too lazy and way too just give DCG a blank check and just, just make them do everything. No one asked them if they want to do all this stuff. No one was like, hey, we need this extra thing. Are you the people or should we look for another team? No, they just like, DCG, we want this. Give more money. Here, give me that. And just like, all right, we have to do everything because the network's putting it all on us. There's a little bit of that maybe. And of course, just some blurred lines about did they want to be that be-all and end-all or were they forced to be? And again, that's not really super important at this point. But the other thing is they basically got a blank check, more or less, with a few like Waxman PR type caveats but it's been mostly just a blank check. How are you supposed to perform to the best of your abilities with those incentives, with that market information? If you run a business, you do well, you get profits. You don't do well, you don't get profits. Oh my God. And then you, and then you start to say, what was what? I doing wrong? And you start to look and- That's that, you just gave the perfect example. Yeah. And this is another thing I've, I've taken issue with recently. Yeah. So I, I think, um, even on the PR front, you mentioned Waxman PR. Mm -hmm. So in, even in terms of if the newsroom, especially the different announcements, I, I do appreciate like announcements over the past few months have been sparse. I'm dependent mm -hmm. on business development and, and different announcements to be able to do anything to You're pitch, a right? megaphone. And sometimes like 4chain, I have to create, you know, and make announcements out of nothing while in between. But like what you, the, what you perfectly encapsulated the problem there you remember when we had Waxman and Shift and Dashwatch asked them for reports on what they were doing? Mm -hmm. So the fact that, you know, even with the newsroom, if you look at the last Crepe announcement today, I was just looking at Marshall, just going over the numbers in terms of page views. You know, we had Yahoo Finance, Benzinga, you know, like Cointelegraph, a whole bundle of, uh, you know, crypto publications. And if you, I mean, I'm, and I'm sure you recall this from the, the weekly biz dev wings, you know, there'll be a, a one hour meeting with Waxman and then they'll be trying to get exclusivity of CoinDesk for a week. Nothing would happen. And then the announcement would come out from our side. And then I'll be diddly squat, <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. and so that's why actually all of us had to take action. And more often than not, 
you would leverage your contacts. I would. Sine from Dash Embassy would. So like we would all try to come together to make stuff happen. So like that's why I say we need to power the individual and we can't hide behind protectionist groups because Pete, there needs to be accountability. There needs to be uh, you know, links of resources, especially when it comes to uh, media and everything else. We need to learn from those mistakes. So that, you know, my message to DCG would be like, don't be scared of change, embrace it. If you truly want what's best for the network, then accountability should be your main thing. And with scalability, problems are always going to uh, occur as you grow and expand. So that's when you need to break things down. And I think right now, it is very hard to, to manage and lead. Uh, because even on our main deliverables, what we're meant to be, to be achieving, uh, you know, we're trying to go in lots of different directions. But our main priority is like, you know, it, it, especially when it comes to uh, media it, interface. It's very frustrating because even, so that, even you know, you're DCG talking about the diff and you're like, excited about don't it. Be scared of you know, the diff was set up in a bear market it. and it cost hundreds of thousands to set up that infrastructure. Probably like, you know, half a million, probably. You know, people should ask. People don't even know that information, right? Find out how much it costs. In a down market, when we were expecting to deliver on evolution, promised it but didn't deliver it. Now, that money that cost to create the diff at that point in time would have paid for loads of protocol devs. So that's why I say there's pros and cons to everything. But you have to have an honest and candid conversation. And a lot of the things aren't put forward, right? But leadership decided to take that decision, right? It wasn't presented to the network in that, in that sense. So, I mean, these are... As a decentralized network that's meant to have decentralized governance, I want to put more power back into the community. And that's why I'm more for a bounty uh, grant based that um, rewards people based on the merit of hard work as opposed to blind trust and no accountability. Yeah. So apologize if I was a little, um, you know, distracted for a moment. We did some. Someone was dropping all kinds of racial slurs in the chat just now, and we got rid of them. And so now I deputized a couple of our more ardent listeners, and they can help keep that so I can focus. So, yes, I agree with all that stuff. And we're talking about rewarding work and stuff. Uh, let's let's just say I'm a great guy. Okay, I don't I don't necessarily ascribe to this notion, but let's just assume that I am. I'm a great, competent, hardworking, amazing dude. I get a proposal and I am funded nonstop for half a decade with almost overwhelming positivity, with the occasional complaining. Am I going to perform to my best? No. Not because I'm a bad person or because I'm incompetent, but because I have the wrong incentives. The incentives are all fucked up, right? They just like, do you do well? Do you do not well? It's like, all right, well, you get paid regardless. Oh, the price tanks get paid regardless. The pay price goes up, paid regardless. Just there might be more whining on Discord, but that's the only difference. That's not, those aren't conditions for me to behave to the best, uh, to for me to perform to the best um, of my thing. All right, guys, in the live chat, please help up. <laughs> Yay. We had someone who's trying to apparently DOS, like, you know, DDoS the, the live chat, which is kind of hilarious. But, um, yeah, that's basically the thing is we need the right incentive structures to create the right output. And it's like this goes straight back. This goes straight back to uh, the entire notion of 
capitalism versus socialism. And I don't want to get super political in this thing, obviously, but essentially the reason why, and this is, this should be absolutely not controversial, right? This should be not controversial to people in crypto that a free market system or a free system with the correct incentives creates the best output over the same people over centrally planned economies. That is the that is why we have decentralization. That is why we let anyone participate. That's why just the incentive structures don't are built so they just don't matter. There's not like, oh, we're going to vote to subsidize this or whatever. So, yeah, essentially, um, that's basically it, is if we're trying to be a true free market system, right? A true free market currency. Uh, we definitely need to uh, act like it. Absolutely. Free market, inspiration inspires competition. Um, so, sorry, competition inspires innovation. Sorry, what am I talking about there? Sorry, I kind of phased out then. I was reading some uh, comments in Discord. <laughs> I'm getting absolutely, I have to tell you, I don't know what the view number's like. I can't see the chat on the video, but in Discord, I'm getting so many messages from people just saying like, you're, this is so overdue. This is so refreshing. Um, yeah, I, I think so as well. I, I think like, because I, I, I'm being part of the problem because I, I mask it a lot of the times because this, and that's why I have kind of enabled them. So uh, I, when I say them, I'm, I'm talking about the, I want to say it, establishment, <laughs> but I'm just kind of like, we often forget as masternode owners and operators and even fractional uh, masternode uh, owners with a crowd node, you know, what power we have. We need to make it more fun and uh, we need to lose, lose the cardboard suit, cut out boring corporate nature. You know, people got in crypto to get away from the corporate style nature of things. Yeah, and we're presenting suits, it's not good. You know, mm -hmm. we, if, we're, if we're gonna be a decentralized network, we need to be that and we need to champion it. You know, as DCG will be the first to say, Dash has no CEO. We need to get rid of the leadership titles and then really embrace the incubator. And, you know, if you haven't checked that out, you should. I mean, it is the most exciting thing that's happened in Dash. There's been wallets being created, all sorts of fancy things. It Honestly, it fills my heart. This is the only thing that keeps me in Dash right now. It's the only thing that gives me confidence in Dash. Mm -hmm. And I say that, you know, with a heavy heart, but that is the only thing that keeps me going right now. So I really hope this marketing uh, incubator will will thrive. And then I hope to see a business development one. And I want to see yeah. the community involved in community-based tasks um, that actually incentivizes them, but also unites, because that's when we're strongest, when we work together. And we need to lose this mindset of, you know, looking up, you know, for top down just to dictate everything. Like we need to take this back. Like we know now, we know now what's going to happen. If you bury your head in the sand, nothing's going to change, right? So we need to ask difficult questions, right? Mm -hmm. So this, for me, this is it. I, I don't have time to mess around or, or for games. And I think there's a lot of people now, those that have remained in Dash, we've lost a lot of people, a lot of old time investors in Dash. Honesty, that's what we need, honesty. Um, yeah, and right now I'm not seeing a lot of that from uh you know 
I think there's been a lot of poor leadership decisions made. And um, but I think we need to have a, a healthy conversation about a path forward in Dash because we should be back in the top five. Mm -hmm. And the directions that we've been going in is, is I, I almost feel like we've got the blinkers on. You know, like horses have the thing on, just yeah. running in one direction. Communication is awful. Nothing's been done. Um, and MNOs are partly to blame for that. Yeah. So I'm all open for change. Let's be the change we want to see, as gimmicky as that sounds. But like we've actually got to really be about it, I'm afraid. Yeah. Well, let's, before we wrap up, let me give at least my recommendations for the path forward, which is number one, vote in my proposal that's coming in a couple of weeks. Shameless self plug, but just, or if you don't like me and then someone else does a better for whatever, do that one, but get an incubator going for marketing and promo. Then get an incubator going. Again, it doesn't all have to be right at the same time. Phased rollout. Let's just see how things go. Let's get these things going. They're not gonna. It's not gonna be fire at day one. Like we have to get it going. Plug more people in. Get more ideas in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So one, dash marketing hub. Two, dash biz dev hub or whatever it's gonna be called. Whenever anyone decides to put it in, who's a competent leader to get this thing off the ground, and then just it, not say autopilot, but you know get it kind of going um hold on yeah so and so. i invite anyone that wants to come to the after party i'm not normally there most fridays that's why i'm one of you i speak mm -hmm. to you i hear your concerns it's quite often like a doctor's surgery and we talk about other things that are wrong but we have to identify the pain points in order mm -hmm. to find a solution to those and work together to find a path forward so we can't keep skipping over it i want dash to succeed but we need to start working together and master nodes we need to find a path forward right now we really do yes so let me just finish this thing because there's a lot of people attacking the live chat at the moment and it might be better to wrap this up but so one marketing hub two biz dev incubator that's good three everything else in dash adopting a radical transparency model of some kind whether it's post some of their work on for example the hub incubator whatever stuff like dcg's development team posting their stuff even though they're salaried and that's not a bad thing necessarily posting their commits and stuff like that and stuff not claiming rewards like put it all in the public eye next thing we do need to, at some point, change the budget allocation thing at the protocol level so that at the very least, miners and masternodes, some people say just masternodes, but at least masternodes have to, at some point, get the money back that they don't spend on the treasury. It just, again, the incentives, how are they going to make good decisions if whether they spend money or not, there's just no visibility on if that works or not. They don't see that they're spending their own money. They also don't get the ROI from like good proposals. And finally, we need to burn Dash Central to the ground, right? It is a troll fest. It is awful. And Rango is fantastic for providing this service for the longest time. 
but we need something that has comment moderation on proposals. And if people are like, whoever runs that, it's centralized. Okay, who cares? Make two, three of them. Make it open source so you have like a couple. There's like the troll box version. But there has to be a good place for masters to be able to easily one-click vote, including on mobile, and actually be able to read through all the valuable comments that aren't subjected to all this kind of trolling. And you just need moderation. You can't kind of gamify it around it or something. It's just, you cannot just leave it all out there either. It just, it's not going to work. So that's what we need to do. Any disagreements? Oh, I've got or... one more thing to say. Yes. I'm still getting messages from Discord. People say, Viva la Revolution, Fire, and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, like, in terms of the community, I do try to listen to you. Obviously, I said I had a baby last month, and I, I did get some positive feedback that the AMAs that I was doing with DCG mm-hmm. um, were well received. And one of the requests I actually had from the community was to actually do the diff. There's a lot of things going on right now. Uh, Darren actually posted on Reddit that there's a rebalancing strategy and how that works right now. So um, last week, I actually reached out to, um, sorry, earlier this week to Darren to come on. And he was scheduled to come on an AMA on this following Monday. Um, but unfortunately, he's cancelled saying he doesn't want to go on video now. So I don't, know, I don't know what the video? reasons for that are. But um, say that again. Who doesn't want to go on video again? Uh, Dr. Darren Tapp. So okay. like uh, people wanted to, people wanted the diff on the next AMA because, it, you know, a lot of activities going on there right now. Mm. Um, you know, with Rune, this new rebalancing strategy that they're implementing, some of the announcements. So um, I tried to honor what the community wanted. And as Darren was the chair, I, I messaged him and he agreed to come on the AMA on Monday. I was going to announce it today. But then on Wednesday, um, he just said like, oh, I've, I've, changed my mind. I don't want to be on your video. So I mean, like, I don't know what's going on. I think I'll have to speak to another diff supervisor. But um, I just want to say to the community, I did hear your request. I've tried, I'll keep trying to find another route. It's kind of um, strange, as I said, as I'm so involved with a lot of their announcements and business development. So I mean, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But I'm trying to honor your request. That's what I'm let me that's my point. Let's just quickly wrap this thing up and mention dash direct right so mm-hmm. let me just say dash direct is also known as crepe because it's a dash focused fork of crepe that basically it is the holy grail as far as you can get without actually being able to spend dash at every merchant directly so what basically it is it's an app it has a geolocation thing to it where can you spend dash around you? It finds the location. You can actually have like a map thing. It'll open up in Google maps or whatever to like, how do I get to this place? You get to whatever place is near you. You go to the checkout. Let's just say I'm buying a new t-shirt from express. For example, you go into the express. They say, Oh, you know, I buy a bunch of clothes. Oh, that'll be 4789. I in dash direct. I type in four, seven, eight, nine. Beep, 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 beep. And I hit pay with dash. It opens up the dash wallet in app. I authorize the payment, bing, I get a barcode. I turn it around, they scan it, I paid, I'm out. 100,000 plus merchants. How many merchants, Mark? 155,000 at launch. 155,000. There are more in the pipeline. In the pipeline, sorry. There will be more in the pipeline. US only to start. I hear Canada is planned to be next. And then I hear we'll see about Europe and stuff. But again, Right now, that means people in the U.S. can start to live off of crypto. I would say 
the average American purchases, they can migrate a good half of them to crypto with this, right? You can go out to eat at plenty of chains. If you're a snob like me, you might not, you know, you might want something that's not just chains, but chains, they're still decent chains, right? And you can go to, let's just say AutoZone to get your car parts and stuff like that. How about say Jiffy Loop? I don't know if Jiffy Loop's on there, but another thing for automotive stuff, you can go to a bunch of other major, major retailers and buy a bunch of other stuff. You can basically, you know, you could do Uber, for example. I That's what I used in Miami. I paid for my Uber with Dash Direct. So all this stuff is out there. It's all, it's as soon as this thing is released, anyone listening to this, unless you're just a casual person who just doesn't really know much about Dash, you just decide to wander in here, or unless you're a Dash hater and are posting a bunch of nonsense in the live chat, for example, everyone else should be using this. All right? When this comes out, download Dash Direct, buy some extra Dash, which by the way is good for the price, in case you've been complaining about the price. Buy some extra Dash, spend it around you, and try to evolve your lifestyle to spend more. And get everyone you know who's into crypto at all to move some of their crypto to Dash so they can spend it in the real world. It all starts with you. Every one of you who cares about this stuff. And it's not just, oh, do this thing so my dash takes off and my bags get pumped. That's part of it, but a big part of it is, don't you care about spending crypto instead of fiat in your daily life? Isn't this the end goal of why we're all here? If so, you will go do something about this. And if you want some bounties for some specific things, which you shouldn't because you shouldn't be a greedy fuck, but... <laughs> In the marketing hub, there will be stuff towards that. Mark's putting out a nice video about this. There's going to be a lot of activity behind this. Do your part. It's going to be amazing. This is going to be a, not only, it's going to be a splash in the media if I have anything to say about it, if you guys have anything to say about it. And if anyone wants to interview me at any stage about anything, wake me up at three in the morning, I will get some coffee on, rub my eyes, show up here, turn on the lights, and be ready to go. All right? No excuses. Let's make this stuff a success. Any last words to add, Mark, before we go off into the after party? Um, thank you for having me on. Feels overdue again. I know it's every couple of months and there's so much to say. Um, there is a lot of things I've been doing on my side with... Um, Oh my God, I don't even know where to begin. Um, I think last time I was talking to you about like stock images and 3D uh, renders mm -hmm. and everything else. Yeah, it was a long time So um, those that are interested and are active on Twitter and social media and promote Dash, I would encourage you to go to newsroom.dash.org or mm -hmm. Pexels, uh, which is a royalty-free website. And I use Dash. Pexels all the time. Yep, there's over 60 images right now of Dash. I haven't really promoted this yet because I want to get some traction. I did use Unsplash as well, which is another popular website. And we had hundreds of downloads, but they've actually disabled our account. Mm -hmm. And I did put it on Shutterstock, which is a long pain point, but they don't like 3D renders. Mm -hmm. um, and, and something to look forward to is um, I'm having some physical Dash coins, updated Dash logo. I mean, <laughs> um, but yeah, printed and we're going to have some lifestyle photography and everything done. So that's, I mean, that's going to help me on the, the shutter stock front, but that's going to take a couple of weeks to be uh, done. We had to have the molds created and everything else. And that's part of the reason why I was doing the 3D uh, rendering as well. And I want to thank Dan and my team who's been really amazing on that. But the, the point is with this sure uh, Pexels like account as well. <laughs> 
you know, Darren loves it. Like we, you know, we've been talking about NFTs and artwork for Dash and everything else. So like we're ready and raring to go. Like that's why I say the thing that keeps me excited about Dash right now is is the incubator because there's just so much cool stuff going on. Mm. And um, yeah, well, I think we need to do a better job of promoting that and the projects that are going on. And I think with your uh, marketing hub, although we need to pinpoint what our messaging should be with Dash because we don't have the finished product as of yet in terms of platform and what mm -hmm. that will enable i do think in terms of community-based tasks whether it's fulfilling certain topics on you know sharing things on social media or posting creating videos or writing articles this is what's going to make the difference and this is what i want to see we don't want authoritarian you know people controlling everything we want individuals showing what they're doing we need community power yes and as i said before lest we try to think that there's like a evil cabal of people that are just controlling everything. And then when you get those people out and then everything works out, that's not how it works. It's an incentive problem. It's a structural problem. Structures have been in the wrong way. Incentives have provided the wrong incentives for action. So we've gotten the wrong action. So this shouldn't surprise anyone. Fix the incentives, fix the world. What are they? Do you remember, um, what was it called? Heroes, that old TV show about like superheroes or whatever. Save the mm -hmm. cheerleader, save the world, save the incentives, save the world. And with that, exactly, let's be done. So that's time for the after party, which usually has a lot more of this candid stuff, but I decided to let it spill over until the entire, into the entire podcast this time. Basically you go to the dash discord, stay dashy.com. Does one of our, one of the mods want to type that into the live chat real quick? I'll type it in, in the, um, the Odyssey one that hopefully no one's watching because there's no sound for some reason. Um, you go into the Dash. I used to be called the Dash Talk Discord for a long time. Now it is the Dash Discord. You get in. You start asking around. I want into the after party. Where's the after party at? What's going on at the after party? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then we'll put you in, right? And it's just like this. It's just like a... It's just a conversation except it's not just the two of us it's whoever's in there yeah we just chat and it's not recorded don't worry and it doesn't matter if you don't have good lighting it doesn't matter if you're getting drunk if you're getting too drunk if you fall asleep on camera because it wouldn't be the first or the fifth or whatever time it's happened so yeah just come in have fun i'll be there for a while this is my life now and yeah look forward to the glorious brilliant future it's not hopium none of that stuff just laying it out. Let's just, we have some exciting ideas on how to change what's been holding us all back. Let's see those implemented and see what happens. As always, like, comment, share, subscribe. If you are, if you are willing and have not already, you may give me some monies in the form of Dash or whatever other coin there. Although it'd be a little weird to give like Monero on a Dash cast, but if you have some, I'll take it. And yeah, we'll get into the after party. As Ujin just says, or Eugen, however you, you pronounce it. Don't forget to click the like button. Smash it. Yeah. Smash for Dash. And I will see you guys in two weeks. Bye-bye, guys. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And donate to support the show by going to my Cointree page. That's cointr.ee slash thedesertlinks. And leave a message with your donation. Check out the show's sponsors. Live on crypto with BitRefill. 
Buy absolutely anything with crypto with Shop and Bit. Avoid content censorship with Odyssey. Protect your privacy online with NordVPN. Get paid to search with PreSearch. All links are in the show notes.